Good morning. Let's stay standing if you would. Uh, we do want to um, just say that we uh, just honor um, those that gave their lives for this great country and for those of you who have lost loved ones that sacrificed their lives for this great country. We just want to say that we're standing with you. We remember them with you. We honor them and God bless you. Can we just um, honor them one more time? Just those that laid their lives down. Um, for those that don't know me, my name's Chuck. I'm just going to ask you to stay standing just for a minute. My name's Chuck, and uh, this is my beautiful wife. Can we just welcome her? My beautiful wife, Anna. My other three girls are in kids' church, Autumn, Charlie, and London. And uh, it's just an honor to be with you guys again this morning. I want to say thank you to Pastor Dwayne and just all the team for having me here again. And uh, it's a blessing to be with you guys. I'm going to ask you to uh, stay standing just as we read the word. Um, I just love to do that just in honor of God's word. And I want to read from Psalm 103, starting in verse 1. We're going to put it on the screen so you can read along with me. Psalm 103, verse 1. We're going to read 1 through 5. Ready, set, go. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. I'm going to ask you to turn to three people and say this. This is the title of my message this morning. Find three people and say, forget not his benefits. Forget not his benefits. Forget not his benefits. When you're done... Doing that, go ahead and grab a seat. You know, one of the things I uh, love about King David, who penned this psalm, is not only was King David king of Israel, but he was also a priest. He was a king, a priest, and I'd like to say he was also a prophet. Because all throughout Psalms, Throughout the book of Psalms, particularly the ones that King David wrote, he wrote with a prophetic edge, and so much so that he wrote things that were direct prophecies about Jesus and even Jesus going to the cross, thousands of years before Jesus went to the cross. And I believe that when King David wrote Psalm 103, he was actually looking into a future season that although David lived during a time that we know as the Old Covenant, I believe that he was speaking of new covenant realities that you and I are now part of in Jesus Christ. How many of you are thankful that you're part of a new covenant? That the writer of Hebrews calls a better covenant based on better promises. Say better promises. And I believe that it's in that light that King David wrote these Psalms. And what I want to do this morning in that light is I want to talk about the benefits 
of being a son or a daughter of God. And I want to do something a little bit different that I don't usually do. I want to go verse by verse, Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5, kind of unpacking six benefits, if you will, of what it means to be a son or a daughter of God. And starting in verse 1, sorry, in verse 3, he says, who forgives all your sins. How many of you who are a follower of Jesus Christ are thankful that your sins are forgiven, that your slate is wiped clean, and that God has forgiven all of your sins, past, present, and future? Do I have any people in here this morning that are thankful that your sins are forgiven? And when the Father looks at you, he sees you through the lens of the blood of Jesus, and he sees you as white as snow. Some people say that to be justified for your sins is to, for it to be just as though you didn't sin. <laughs> if you read on in that same Psalm 103, verse 12, it says, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he has removed our transgressions from us. As far as the east goes that way, forever. And as far as the west goes that way, forever. So far has he removed our transgressions from us. Listen, this is really good news. Our, we're not just forgiven. It says that he has removed our sins from us. He has actually taken them away. That when Jesus went to the cross, he took on himself the sins of the world, including yours and mine. He actually took our sins upon himself and absorbed the consequences for those sins so that we wouldn't have to. Let me ask you again, how many of you are thankful that your sins are forgiven and that you are cleansed as white as snow? My pastor in California used to say, we cannot afford to have a thought in our heads about ourselves that God himself doesn't think about us. Romans 8 verse 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no guilt. There's no shame. There's no condemnation. We're washed as white as snow. That's why, in, in, uh, that's why Peter said, let us come boldly before his throne of grace, that we might find grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. Everybody say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you before you leave this morning, if you have never made a decision to follow Jesus and receive his forgiveness for all of your sins so that you can be in right standing before God, knowing that you are eternally secure in right relationship with the Father, I want to encourage you, there is no better time than today to have your, your sins washed as white as snow. who forgives all your sins. The second benefit that he writes here is who heals all of your diseases. Everybody say all of my diseases. Listen, healing isn't just something that God does. Healing is actually who he is. In Exodus 15, verse 26, God tells, tells the Israelites that one of his names is Jehovah 
Rapha. Everybody say Jehovah Rapha. Which means the Lord who heals you. Again, it's not just something that he does on occasion. Healing is actually who he is. And if in the the book of Exodus, in the old covenant, God said, my name is Jehovah Rapha. Part of my very nature is the Lord who heals. If that was true in the Old Testament, how much truer is it in the new covenant? In fact, thousands of years before Jesus even came to earth and went to the cross and rose again from the dead, a prophet named Isaiah prophesied about the day that this would be a reality for you and me. And in Isaiah 53, verse 4, as a prophet, thousands of years before Jesus said this, Surely he, Jesus, has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Verse 5, but he, Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Listen, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Jesus didn't just go to the cross so that you could be forgiven. He went to the cross to destroy sin, sickness, and the devil and rose again from the dead. And when he said it is finished, he was declaring, by my stripes, you are healed. And listen, the new covenant is way better than we think it is. Based on better promises, Jesus is the healer, and in him we can find wholeness, body, soul, and spirit. And of course, we see this in the life of Jesus, don't we? When he walked the earth before he even went to the cross. Everywhere he went, he healed the sick, opened blind eyes, opened deaf ears, cripples walked. He ruined every funeral he went to, including his own confronting the powers of the darkness everywhere he went. And then when he commissioned the 12, he said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He commissioned the 12 to carry out his ministry, destroying the works of the devil, including healing the sick. And that applies to you and me as well. If you are filled with the Spirit of God, you have power and authority to destroy the works of the devil. To release healing, but also to receive healing because it's already been paid for. How many of you think that's pretty good news? I love to celebrate um, testimonies of healing, and we've been seeing God heal people as we travel and speak in different places. And uh, I just heard another healing testimony this morning. Um, I, I got to pray um, for, for one, of the, one of the people that you know very well um, years ago who was having symptoms of asthma, and she shared a testimony with me this morning. I said, can you be ready to share that? So I'm going to ask Amy to come on up. Let's just welcome Amy as she comes up. So Amy, why don't you just share kind of what you shared with me? Uh, Y'all who know me know that for the past couple years, my body just didn't want to function. And uh, most of the time I was always sick if I was here. It wasn't as bad as it used to be, but it was was kind of debilitating. And God gave me a word, um, kind of the, the path to my healing, and I followed it. And now I can run, I can exercise, I can keep up with my family. 
And like, I never do my medicine. I, I forget it at home because I don't, I don't carry it anymore. And I didn't, Mary drove, pulled me up to Chuck and I was all like, I don't, you know, you know, and he questioned my own faith, but he did it. I'm delivered, I'm healed, and he's empowered me to be who I am and walk with strength again. Come on. Isn't it amazing? Let's just thank Jesus for that. Everybody say, he heals all of my diseases. The third benefit that David mentions in this passage is who redeems my life from the pit. Some translations say redeems my life from destruction. And when, he, when it says redeems my life from the pit, it's the same word that they often translate in the Old Testament as Sheol or hell. And I believe part of it is we need to celebrate that we've been delivered from darkness and eternal darkness. We've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Lord and our Christ, into the kingdom of light, that he redeems us from the grave, from eternal destruction. But I really believe that when David said he redeems my life from the pit, I can't help but think that when David wrote that, he may have been recalling a story that he would have been very familiar with as Jewish history was passed down from generations to generations. And I can't help but think that David could have been recalling a story that was a true story told in the book of Genesis of when somebody by the name of Joseph was delivered into the hands of the Ishmaelites and then sold into slavery into Egypt. And some of you know the story that Joseph was a favored son of, of, his, of his dad and he had some brothers who were kind of jealous of him. You can read about this in, in Genesis. And it says that Joseph was a favored son. He had a coat of many colors that his dad had made for him that represented the favor of his dad. And, and Joseph had a prophetic dream that he would actually had a dream that there was these sheaths of wheat bowing down before another sheath of wheat. Those were his brothers bowing down to him. And in a day of lacking wisdom, he went to his brothers. He's like, hey, guys, want to hear this dream that I had? Bad idea. He told his brothers this dream that one day you're going to bow down to me. And then he ended up telling his parents this dream that they would all bow down to him. And then his brothers already didn't like him, were already jealous, and uh, they're out working and you know, looking after the sheep um, one day, and uh, their dad's sheep, and, and, and Joseph's dad's like, go check on your brothers. So when he's a long way off from getting to his brothers out in the field, they see him, and they said, here comes that dreamer. Let's take him. Let's kill him. Let's tear up his, his coat of many colors and take it back to our dad and tell him that he was eaten by a lion. One of the brothers had some compassion on his brother. He's like, no, let's not do that. There's a pit. Let's just throw him in that pit and, uh, and we'll, just, we'll tell our dad that you know something bad happened to him intending to go back later and get his brother out and actually save his life. So they, the, the brothers agree. They throw him into a pit. And then they see these Ishmaelites coming, this caravan. And they're like, let's just sell him. 
So it says that they sold him for, I think, like 20 shekels of silver, which, by the way, silver represents redemption. They sell him to the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites take him to Egypt, sell him to the Egyptians. But the favor of God was still so much on Joseph that even as he sold into into, uh, Egypt, he comes into favor with Potiphar, who's like Pharaoh's right-hand man. He's appointed head over a lot lot of what was happening in, in, in Potiphar's house. Then Joseph is falsely accused of, of something, thrown into prison, and is in prison for two years before he interprets uh, Pharaoh's dream, comes out, and is exalted to being right-hand man to Pharaoh himself. And then when famine comes to Egypt, Joseph is used to save an entire nation, but also save his entire family as they come to Egypt and he gives them a piece of land and saves their life. Two years in prison, 13 to 14 years total of this process of him stepping from the promise into fulfillment to saving his family and his brothers and his whole family came and actually bowed before him as he was right-hand man to Pharaoh himself. But in Genesis 50, we read this incredible phrase that I really speaks uh, uh, into what it looks like to be, to be saved out of the pit of destruction. And he said this. He said, what, the, what, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. How many of you know that even what the enemy intends for evil and sometimes even what people intend for evil against you, he is a God of redemption and what the enemy means for evil, God can turn around for your good to promote you, to exalt you and to actually launch you into his purpose and destiny for your life. What the enemy means for evil, God will redeem, will turn around. Romans 8:28 says, "We know that all things, say all things, work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose." Can I just tell you something? God isn't surprised by anything that you're going through. He's not caught off guard. He's a God of redemption. He's a God who can turn any situation in a moment to bring about his plans and his purposes for your life. How many of you are thankful that you have a father who is incredibly good, who can turn any situation around to bring you into your destiny? Everybody say what the enemy means for evil. God can use for good because he's a God who redeems my life from the pit. The fourth benefit that he shares says this and crowns you with love and compassion. Everybody say he's put a crown on my head. You know, uh, I mentioned that I have three girls. Um, London Grace is three. Our, our identical twins, Autumn Hope and Charlie Joy, are six years old. And we've discovered really early on in their lives that they love to dress up and they love to pretend. It's like one of the things that we hear them uh, say more than anything else is Autumn will go, Charlie, who are you today? 
<laughs> or Charlie's like, who, hey, Autumn, who are you being? And they're either dressing up like one of their favorite super book characters or they're dressing up like, like uh, Anne of Green. For a while, because we started reading Bible stories, Charlie was so fascinated by Mary, mother of Jesus, that she would walk out of her room all the time with literally a towel over her head or just a blanket. We're like, who are you? She's like Mary, mother of Jesus. And she's like turning water into wine and, and all these things. And we're like, I guess Charlie's Catholic. You know, we have a, at that time she was like five, like we have a five-year-old Catholic, even though we're Protestant, but that's all right. You know, and uh, we love Catholics. So don't, don't, uh, don't hear, hear anything in that, but they love to pretend. I remember when we got them the courageous woman book, it's all about these women who did great things like Mother Teresa and uh, 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 um, who are some of the other ones, babe? Elizabeth Elliot and um, these, these missionaries, Amy Carmichael and all these missionaries and people who did great exploits, Rosa Parks and, and all these great people. Well, Autumn loved Elizabeth Elliot, the missionary, so she would pretend to be Elizabeth Elliot and literally she would stand on our fireplace mantle holding a baby doll in one hand and a Bible in the other while she was pretending to preach the gospel. And one time I came in, I'm like, who are you? She's like, Elizabeth Elliot. I'm like, do you want us to be your audience? She's like, sure. So me and Charlie sat there while Autumn, at like about five years old, stood on the uh, uh, fireplace mantle and preached the gospel. And she's like, she's like, do you feel it? We're like, what? She's like, do you feel God in your heart? <laughs> and, and we're like, yeah, we feel it. She, she's like, do you feel it? He's a lion in your heart. And we're like, yeah. And she's like preaching the gospel to us. They love pretending. Well, the other day, uh, Charlie's been watching like, I don't know what era these are from. These are old, poor quality super book videos. And they're watching the story of Queen Esther. So now, the other day, Charlie was really into Queen Esther, and she has a little princess crown. So she came out with her Queen Esther crown on and some jewelry, and like, I don't know how she does this, and, a, and like a blanket wrapped around her, like it was this royal gown, and like, we're, go, we're having supper, and she's full-blown Queen Esther. We're like, who are you, Charlie? She's like, Queen Esther. And she's like talking eloquently, almost like a British accent. She's like, Queen Esther. And we're like, we're like, okay, Queen Esther, can you go get such and such and put it on the table? But at this point, she already decided that Autumn was her servant. So she goes, Autumn, can you go get the salt and pepper and put it on the table? We're like, no, 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 Queen Esther, you're going to go get the salt and pepper and put it on the table. But they love pretending. But see, with Charlie, there's something about as soon as she put that crown on her head, She's a different person. Well, you know, the Bible tells us in Revelation 1.6, it says God has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Everybody say, I'm a royal priesthood, a holy nation, kings and priests. There's something about realizing, and I love the language King David used here. It says, who has crowned you with love and compassion. There's something about knowing our royal identity in God that I believe instills a confidence, that instills a sense of authority as sons and daughters of God. It's not an arrogance. 
It's not, you know, it's not like an entitlement. But listen, I believe that because we're a royal priesthood, sons and daughters of the king, followers of Jesus Christ should be the most confident people on the face of the earth. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. That means everywhere I go, he goes. I am a royal priesthood. That means I am royalty in God's house, the king of the universe. How many of you think that if your dad was the president of the United States, you would walk a little different? (laughs) You would hold your head a little higher when you walked into a room. Well, we are sons and daughters of the king of kings, the king of the universe, not so we can rule over people, but so that we can issue his rule of the kingdom of light against the powers of darkness, walk in authority and confidence everywhere we go. It means we can speak to demons and they have to bow in the name of Jesus. It means we can take authority over the powers of darkness, sin, sickness, and the devil. Listen, the devil is terrified of you actually believing who you really are as a son and daughter of God. Praise the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not his benefits. What's one of the benefits? You're a royal priesthood. You're a son or a daughter of a king instilled with the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. Like what? The all-powerful God lives in me. So everywhere I go, I carry him with me. In 1 John, it says, as he is, so are we in the world. You're not, you might not be wearing a literal crown, but you're kings and priests. They can take authority over what the enemy's doing. That means in your place of work, if it's jacked up, it's, if there's immorality, there's gossip, there's all these things, you can walk into that room with a confidence that you carry the Holy Spirit and you can shift the atmosphere without saying a word. Just because of who you are. I remember when I worked in the marketplace in Canada years before I came to America. I was bivocational. I was working for my church, but also working at this uh, customer contact center for for various companies. And I was a supervisor. And I decided when I walk in, I'm not going to go, excuse me, can I have everybody's attention, please? I just want you to know that I'm a follower of Jesus. I don't gossip. I don't cuss. I am filled with the spirit of God. So if you don't mind, I want you to act differently when you're around me. Like, that'd be weird. (laughs) But you know what I did? I walked in there with a confidence that I'm a son of God, filled with the spirit of God. Therefore, I act differently. There's things, certain things I don't do. There's certain things I do do. And I'm going to do it in a way that causes people to be curious and to ask me questions. And there are times, man, where it's like I would... I wouldn't announce, I don't gossip. I would just be like around some of the other supervisors and they'd be talking trash about people and I'd just be standing there and then they would stop themselves. They'd be like, oh yeah, I forgot. You don't, you don't do that. I'm like, yeah, I try not to. And it would shift the atmosphere. It got to the point where I, I was known for like just praying for people when they were sick, even in this corporate office. I prayed for my boss when she had a migraine headache. She's like, thank you so much. I feel so much better. And I remember even when I was on the floor working, taking phone calls, I'd be on the phone call and I'd be in the conversation and somebody over here would say they were sick. I would literally like mute the person that I'm talking to. 
and I would like just kind of roll over with my chair, say a quick prayer, and God would release healing into their body. Listen, we are filled with the same spirit of God that rose Jesus from the dead. We are kings and priests, and therefore we should hold our heads high, not in arrogance, but in a godly confidence. Everywhere I go, he goes, because I am a royal priesthood representing the kingdom of God. And everywhere I go, I can extend his kingdom. Everybody say, he crowns me with love and compassion. The fifth benefit, he said, who satisfies your desires with good things. Everybody say, good things. How many of you know that you have a father that wants to give you the desires of your heart? I'm going to try this side of the room over here. How many of you think God is a good God who longs to give you the desires of your heart? Psalm 37 verse 4 says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Proverbs 13 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. I just declare that the Father is going to release trees of life all over this room this morning. Desires fulfilled. Things you've been believing for for years. I just declare desires fulfilled as you attach faith to his nature and an expectation of good things coming. That doesn't mean that God's going to give you everything that you want and everything that you ask for. Don't get offended with God when it doesn't happen in your timing or it doesn't happen at all because he's also all wise. He knows what to give us and when to give us. But my point is this. He's a good father who longs to give us the desires of our heart. It's like the other day uh, we had um, some of our friends and mentors uh, just staying with us for a few days in New Braunfels. And uh, they gave, before they left, they gave each of our girls $5 to go get ice cream or something. So the other day I took them for ice cream, even though it wasn't my money, I enjoyed spending it. <laughs> and I love giving them the desires of their heart. If we gave them ice cream every time they asked for it, we'd be bad parents. But on occasion, when we bless them with ice cream, like we love blessing our kids, especially when I get to have one too. And we just love blessing our kids. Like here's an ice cream. And we watch them enjoy it. We're like, did you like that kind? Was it amazing? And, and it's our pleasure to give them the desires of our heart. At Christmas time, whatever, when we're blessing them, we love to bless them. But you know that's what the father's like. I remember uh, years ago, still living in Canada, and um, you know, I was I was studying theology and I was reading different books, and and I remember just thinking to myself, and I think I told the Lord, I would love to have a copy of Josephus Church History. Josephus was a first century church historian, and I'm like, I'd I'd like to have get a copy of Josephus. Well, that, it was like that week or like the following week, I get a phone call from this lady in our church out of the blue. She calls me. She says, hey, Chuck, um, I was just thinking about you, and I have this copy of this church history book called Josephus. I'm just wondering if you wanted to have it. And I was like, that's so cool. Like, I don't even know if I prayed about it, but I at least thought it. I would just like to have that book. Did I need that book? No, but the Father saw the desire of my heart. So he's like, I'm going to lay it on Linda's heart because she doesn't, she's already read it or doesn't want it to give it to Chuck. And, you know, 
in, in Matthew 7, Jesus said, if you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So I want to encourage you, come before his throne of grace with confidence that you might find grace and mercy in your time of need. But not only that, but you would just bring the desires of your heart to him because he's a good father who gives good gifts to his kids. The sixth benefit that he mentions is this, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That reminds me of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 and so on. It says this, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, in a lot of ways, I think our youth being renewed like the eagles speaks of, uh, speaks of fresh strength coming to our body. I think it speaks of the joy of the Lord that is our strength. It says in Nehemiah that God wants to renew our strength like the eagles. Where is, uh, where's Glenda? Where are you? Yeah, Glenda, I just, during worship, I just felt like you walked this out so well. That because you wait on the Lord, God's constantly renewing your strength like the eagles. And there is a youthfulness and a joy that you walk in that's contagious to people around you. And I even just prophesy and declare that even this spring into the summer, over the next few months, God is renewing your strength like the eagles. You're going from glory to glory, from strength to strength. And God would even say over you, the best is yet to come. Your most significant days are ahead of you in Jesus' name. He renews our strength like the eagles. But you know, when he says he renews our strength like the eagles, I believe it also speaks of God redeeming the time. I don't know about you, but there's times where I can get hung up on where I'm at in life and why didn't this happen yet and I'm this old and how come this didn't happen yet? But God is the God. The Bible says that like in God, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day that he can catch you up in a moment to the place that he wants you to be. So don't worry about being behind schedule. Don't, don't worry about missing out because if you will lean into God, he's a God who redeems the time and puts you exactly where you're supposed to be at the right moment. He can catch you up. And it says this in Job chapter two, verse 25. So I, and this is for somebody. So I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. The crawling locust, the consuming locusts, and the chewing locusts, my great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. We can start to play some music in the background. We're going to go into a time of ministry. But I just want to declare with that, I really believe that God wants to release his grace, his love, and his presence to renew your strength like the eagles. Renew your youth like the eagles. He's gonna redeem time. He's a God of the impossible. He's a God who makes a way 
where there seems to be no way. And there's a few people that I want to pray for this morning. And the first group of people that I want to pray for, even as we heard that testimony from Amy of God releasing healing, there was a couple people that I felt like God was healing bodies of this morning. And I felt like there's somebody, you've had pain down the back of your neck. It might even be kind of the back of your head, but it kind of goes down into the back of your neck. It's just this pain. I don't know if it's from a car accident or some type of an injury, but anybody with like pain in the back of their neck, maybe even kind of the bottom part of the head down into the neck. If that's you, I just want you to stand quickly. You have any type of pain in the back of your neck? I believe God wants to touch you. And I felt like God was healing somebody's uh, right wrist. It's carpal tunnel in the wrist. Who is that? It could be, the, okay, that's you too. If you have any type of pain in your right wrist, could you stand, all right? And then uh, I felt like um, there's tinnitus, like a ringing in the ear, or even deafness or partial deafness in the right ear. If that's you, can you stand? Any issue with your right ear, just stand where you are. It could be ringing in the ear. It could be partial deafness or deafness. Is that anybody? All right. This is what I want to do. Those that are standing, let's just stretch our hands toward them. If you're standing, if you're sitting close to them, just put your hand on them in a place that's appropriate. And let's all agree together. He is Jehovah Rapha. You can say that out loud. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. Yes, so right now, Lord, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would rest on these ones who are standing right now that you would bring healing into the wrist, you would bring healing into the neck, healing into the ear, whoever that is, that you would bring healing into their bodies. Fire of God come upon them. Bodies be healed. Bodies come into alignment with the kingdom of God right now. We take authority over pain, sickness, and disease over the powers of darkness and we say kingdom of God come and we say bodies be made new be restored thank you God that you make all things new and we thank you for it in Jesus name just stay standing and just stay with them those who are getting prayer just begin to move your body around right now and see what's going on and see what the Lord's doing. And, and as, as you notice a difference in your body, I want you to just move around and uh, thank Jesus for what he's doing. Keep testing it out throughout the rest of the day and, uh, or throughout the rest of the service. And, and as soon as the pain is completely gone, I want you to raise your hand and wave at me and we want to celebrate with you and hear your testimony and uh, celebrate together. You can go ahead and be seated. The second group of people that I want to pray for is, as I talked about the benefit of having all our sins forgiven, if you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sins, and I want to give my life to Jesus. Your heart might be beating really fast. Your, your conscience could just be telling you, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. If you're here and you say, I've never given my life to Jesus and I want to give my life to Jesus this morning, 
or you've given your life to Jesus maybe a long time ago, but you're far from him. You've been running from him. And you say, I wanna give my life to Jesus afresh because I've been running from him and I'm coming home. If either of those apply to you, I believe there's at least one person, if not a couple, that need to give their life to Jesus this morning. This is a safe place to make a bold confession. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm surrendering it all to him this morning. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand nice and high where you are and wave at me. Right here, right here, right here. Anyone else you want to give your life to Jesus afresh? Let's just thank Jesus for them. Anyone else? Raise your hand and wave at me. If you say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus completely. All right. God bless you guys. I want to encourage you before the end of the day, there's some leaders in the church that want to meet you over on this side of the room um, just to talk to you about the decision that you just made. In fact, let's all pray together. Those that raise your hand, I want you to pray this prayer. The rest of us, let's pray this prayer with them. Say, Jesus, I come to you this morning. Thank you for laying your life down. Thank you for going to the cross and dying for my sins and rising on the third day that you might destroy sin, sickness, and the devil. I give my life to you. I receive your forgiveness. Cleanse me of my sin and make me a brand new creation. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I give you my life afresh. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's thank the Lord again for that. Thank you, Father. The other group that I want to pray for is anybody who you know in your head that you've been forgiven, but you're still battling shame, condemnation, and guilt, and you're carrying that around, and you want to walk in the understanding and the revelation that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If that's you, I want you to stand where you are. Anyone else? This is a safe place. You've been battling, even though you, you've confessed your sin, you've been carrying around guilt, shame, and condemnation. If there's anyone else, just stand. If we could have a couple of brothers, just gather around my friend over here and somebody gather around my friend here. We're gonna pray for them. Father, we just thank you that as far as the east is from the west, that's how far you've removed our transgressions from us. So I pray, Lord, that you would release a fresh heart revelation that they are forgiven, they are cleansed, they are as white as snow, and that you declare them not guilty in Jesus' name. So we bless them with that now, Lord, and we thank you for it in your name. Amen. The rest of us, let's just all stand together. What I want to do is let's just put our hands over our hearts. And I want to pray for everybody in this room that we would step into a greater understanding that we have a good father who longs to give good gifts to his children. So in your own way, I just want you to close your eyes. I want you to come before the father. And I want you to begin to tell him the desires that are on your heart. Obviously, he's not going to give you things that are sinful. He's not going to give you things that are bad for you. But if you have a deep longing in your heart that you believe is in line with the will of God, 
I just want you to begin to bring that to the Father right now. Say, Father, I would really love for you to give me this. Maybe it's a restored relationship. Maybe it's to have your debt paid off. Maybe it's for a new job, whatever it is. Maybe it's for a spouse. Make sure, if it is, make sure that they love Jesus and they're gonna compliment your relationship with God. But whatever it is, bring it before the Lord and say, Lord, I pray that you would grant to me the desire of my heart and you just bring it before him in your own way. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you're a good God that desires fulfilled our trees of life. And I pray that you would release trees of life all over this room this morning. Longings fulfilled that bring glory to your name. And I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's just thank the Lord one more time. And let me just see a show of hands. How many of you that stood for prayer experienced healing in your body? You're 80% better or more. Just raise your hand and wave at me. Right here, 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 here. Come on, let's thank Jesus. Wave at me. Wave at me if it's 100% better, if all the pain's gone and something that you got prayer for. Just raise your hand and wave at me. Right back here. Right over here. Anyone else? 100% better or more? Come on, let's celebrate with them. That's amazing. Well, God bless you guys. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come on up to the front. If you want prayer for anything at all this morning, there's people up here ready to pray for you. Um, besides that, if you're visiting with us this morning, God bless you. Thank you again for coming. Um, you're, you're welcome to be dismissed, but we're going to worship for a little while, and we're going to have some people up here ready to pray for anybody that wants prayer. Besides that, God bless you. Let his peace be upon you this week, and go out this week with an authority and a confidence that you're a son and daughter of God that's experienced all of his benefits in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.